Greetings. Greetings. Welcome to Calvary Christian Fellowship. Uh, Wednesday night, we're going to start our lesson here. Why don't we open in prayer, and then uh, we'll jump in. Father, we bless you. We thank you for this evening. I pray that um, as we go through this study this evening, that you would lead us and guide us uh, uh, personally, individually, according to your will, that we would hunger and thirst to want to hear your voice, to hear your call, and to be obedient to it. I thank you for each one here uh, who is desiring and who is walking in accordance with your voice in their lives. Lord, I pray that uh, this would be a time of discovery, a time of deepening, a time of uh, um, enrichment, um, but most of all, a time that, that we develop more uh, intimacy with you pray that, that uh, you lead me and guide me in this, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right. So uh, we've been talking about this for you know, a couple of weeks now, um, doing uh, discerning your call. This is the first lesson, the resource I'm using. Oscar. There we go. Never mind. <laughs> the resource I'm using is called Calling Lab from the Tampa. It, it started working. It was not working. I'm good now. Thank you. Tampa Underground. Here. There we go. Um, and uh, just uh, um, just to give credit to Tampa Underground, who they are, what they're about. This is their their mission uh, at the Underground. Our mission is to one, inspire people to surrender all their lives to Jesus and His cause. Did it, okay, did I go past it? There we go. Number one. Number two, to connect individuals into missional communities. Number three. To empower communities to discover and obey their God-given mission. And number four, to engage every kind of evil in our city city with prayerful action. So uh, that's discipleship. That's what it means. Step one of being a disciple is the full surrender of our lives. To to the, the full process of it is that surrender leads to us making a difference. Us destroying the works of the devil, as, as uh, uh, John puts it in his letter. Um, uh, because that's because that's what Jesus came to do, and we are following in that work. Um, so uh, I encourage everyone to go to the following website and sign up. Um, uh, it's just tampaunderground.com uh, forward slash calling, calling lab hashtag calling, calling lab hashtag calling. Sign up. That way you have access to um, the resources that are there that we'll be going through. And this will be customized for you. It's not so much about coming to a class and listening. It's about participating. Um, and uh, for some of us, we've done things like this before. I highly recommend doing it anyway because it will help you help someone else. These are fantastic resources to use to help someone else. And part of this process we're going to be going through is um, in learning to discern God's voice is, is – um, uh, uh, helping each other to discern God's voice in our lives, um, which is an important part of that process. So, um, recommend everybody to to try uh, to check that out. Um, there is a book that they have that uh, kind of goes along with this as well. Um, it's a PDF book you can download for free, or you can bu- purchase the book. Um, I think it's like ten bucks if you want to purchase the book, um, but you can download the PDF for free, and it follows along. It's got extra exercises in it. Um, and uh, um, it's got some really, really good information to go alongside of what we're going to be working through and teaching through. Did, 
Brian text you? Brian. He's not here tonight? Yeah. He said he said he was going to text me, text you. It is. Now, when we get to the videos, it may be you need to do, like, some kind of mute something or turn something on. Yes. There's, there's three videos tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Oscar, Oscar can help you if you if you need help. He's here. He set it all up. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do an arrival exercise. This is our beginning exercise here, and it has one of the videos. So we're gonna we're gonna see how this works. <coughs> um, yeah. So everybody, reach out. No, no, no. And touch your toes. Take deep breath. No, we're not not that kind of exercise. Um, it it's it's getting the general idea of of calling what this is about. So we're going to be watching a video. These are all really short. They're Three, four, five minutes at the most. They're, they're short videos, but they get us talking. They'll get us conversing. Um, this first one's going to talk about the general idea of what a calling is. It's also going to look at one of the ways we mistakenly approach calling, the wrong way. It's going to talk about how to approach the process of calling in our lives. And ultimately what it's going to do is can, it's going to call us to have an outlook of a bigger kingdom framework, a kingdom viewpoint, a biblical viewpoint of the world. Um, most Christians do not look at the world biblically, and this is a challenge to help us to do that. Um, so we're going to start right now. This should turn the video on. I think most people come to the, the desire to understand their calling frankly, from a selfish perspective. Uh, they begin because there is this notion floating out there that if I can find my calling, if I can find that thing I was made for, that I was designed for, I'll be happy. Whether it's job satisfaction or productivity or creativity, we think and believe that there is something out there for us to do that we were designed to do, and if we do it, we'll be whole, we'll be happy. And that is true. But I think it's, I think it's uh, like Frederick Buechner puts it, that, that calling or purpose is that place where your happiness and the world's needs meet. And actually, a calling is really more about, I think scripturally, more about where we're being deployed, like to use a military metaphor. It's about reporting for duty to Jesus and having him say, I need you there, and they need help over there, and I'm sending you. And our yes to that is about meeting that need and about obeying God and about glorifying God in the world, seeing the kingdom of God come. Is that fulfilling ultimately for us personally? I think so. I think so. But that's actually the byproduct. That's the secondary thing. Sometimes we put too much pressure on this moment to expect I need to come out of this with my whole entire life mapped out in front of me. And that could happen. I'm not going to say that it won't. But if we look at calling as called to Jesus and sent from him to do something, to meet some need and to glorify him, to see the kingdom come somewhere in the world, in some place, then the duration of that sense of calling also is up to God. And there there will be some of us after we finish this curriculum that we'll, we'll know, we'll have a sense, a dynamic sense that I think I'm supposed to do this for the rest of my life. Some, some version of this, some permutation of this for the rest of my life. Others of us will come away with something like, I think for the next chunk of time, the next season of my life, two, three years, I think I'm supposed to invest my life in this. 
And because so much of our life is a developmental journey, that two or three years may prepare us for the next two or three or five or ten years or that life thing. Because God is in the business of developing, educating, discipling us. And it could be that the first assignment is not your full-time, your full-term assignment, but it's it's the first thing. Still, we can be sure, I think, that by the end of this journey together, by the end of this curriculum, we will be able to say concretely, I believe God is calling me to, and fill in that blank, and then take practical obedient steps from there. Okay, so... I have to say this. Um, let's see, is it letting me do it? Yeah, sweet. It's working. No, not right. Right there. Stay. Um, I think it. I think it's. Did you have to do anything, Sally? All right. I think it's working. You can. You, yeah. Thank you. It's, it's your presence. You have a calling to that right there. <laughs> um. So, a couple of things I want to say. First of all, this, you're going to say, how did that remind you of this? Um, for those who have been praying for my sister, she went home yesterday. Yes. And she was like, she was like the shower was wonderful. <laughs> and actually was able to get outside and, and see her garden. And, you know, it, just, it was just, just, just so healing. Um, so for those who have been praying for her, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now you're asking me why would that video remind me of that? Because that guy looks a lot like my youngest brother. I cannot get that out of my head. Every time I see Brian Sanders, that's Brian Sanders from Tampa Underground, but every time I see his face, I think of my youngest brother. So <clears throat> looks like that. Um, uh, my, my, my little brother. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, yeah, summarizing this this video, what did he just say? Because this is we're beginning this journey. Uh, for some of us, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. We're beginning this journey, going through this process. The wrong perspective is what a selfish perspective. If you think finding your ca- your calling is the key to being happy, that's the wrong reason to do it. It's not about being happy. Your happiness, meaning your fulfillment. I love this quote by Bigner. It is where um, your happiness and the world's need met. In other words, where you, Jordan Peterson puts it this way, where you have taken on responsibility to make, uh, have meaningful change around you. Now, what, you know, can there be great emotional benefit from that? Yes, but that's not the purpose of it. It's not the purpose of it. And so seeking calling because somehow that's going to be my happiness is the wrong reason. Um, I like the way he put this here. Seeking calling is simply reporting to duty to Jesus. Um, It's where does Jesus need us? Where is he sending us? You know, first and foremost to being a disciple is not about getting a ticket punch to go to heaven. It's about surrendering my life to the Lord who paid for my life and bought and paid for it and now has the right to it. So if we start for there, now we say, okay, Jesus, where do you need me? Where do you need me? Um, and, and so it's about obeying God ultimately. It's about how can I glorify the Lord of glory? How can I bring his kingdom into this world? How can I participate in the Our Father who art in heaven? Hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Somebody asked me this question recently. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is where a king rules. Okay? What is first and foremost the kingdom of God then? Our hearts. The, the, the geography of the kingdom of God is our hearts, but it's more than that. It's where we bring about and where the world operates according to the principles of the kingdom of God. There the kingdom of God is reigning. Well, we live in a world that operates in some places according to the kingdom of God, in some places according to the kingdom of the world. And there is a conflict. That's why it's called a spiritual war. And part of our calling is to be in this world where the world is operating as the world and to bring the kingdom of God to that place. This is part of calling. This is what we're about. There's purpose. There's meaning. There's bringing Jesus. There's bringing life. Um, so is that fulfilling? Yeah, that's a fulfilling. But fulfillment is a byproduct of it, not the purpose of it. It's a byproduct, not the purpose. It, um, um, you know, the other thing is, is calling isn't necessarily about mapping out. Like what he said, for some people, you, you already know your calling. You have your life mapped out to this point. God has called you to something, and that's what you're about. There is others. There's things that he wants you to be about for the moment. That may be things that he wants to build in your life for things that will be touched on and used later or in other places. When I look back in my life, I see many things that God had me about that became tools that he used. And here, I didn't really, okay, how many ever saw, I'm dating myself a little bit, how many saw Karate Kid? Anybody see Karate Kid? You know, at one point, his calling was wax on. At another point, his calling was wax off. At another point, his calling was paint the fence. You know, at another point, it was nailing the nail, Right? And he did that over and over. But then there was a point when they all coalesced to something he didn't even see. He didn't even know. You know, when's my training begun? Oh, you've been training the whole time. You just didn't know it. Okay? Um, and and so, um, so for some people, there will be, um, uh, you know, there will be just next steps. But praise God, that's next steps. Why? Because you've begun to hear God's voice. You've begun to listen to his voice. You're desiring to be obedient to his voice. But there are others you may discover something that's, that is latent that God ends up leading you to for some long period of time. So how do we see this? How do we see it? Um, wrong way. That way. Um, number one, we're called to Jesus. That's what we're called to. We are all called to Jesus. You want to know what you're called to? You're called to Jesus. Number two, we're called to be sent from him. We're to be sent from him, by the way, and with him. It's not, you know, it's not like we leave Jesus back there. <laughs> He's not putting us up there. Um, we will be meeting a kingdom need or purpose. Calling is going to meet a kingdom need or purpose. And for how long it's going to be, it's going to be up to God for how long that is. Um, uh, it could be short. It could be the rest of your life. It could be preparation for some other assignment. All right, so... How do we respond to this? This is this was what we were what we're learning. How do we respond to this? Um, so right now, pull your phones out, pull out a piece of paper, do whatever you have to do. Write down what you're feeling. Pull notepad up on your phone. Open your Bibles. Write it down. Write down how you're feeling. Everything we just talked about. 
you know, your initial impressions about what we're talking about. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. I don't understand yet. I've heard this before. When are we going to get to the real stuff? Um, but take a moment and, and, and because this is a journey. It's your journey. It's not about my journey. Your journey. So right now, process. One of the ways of discovering what you're thinking is by going through your emotions. So it's really important to know what you're feeling. To kind of like put your hand up. I'm done. I wrote something down. Let me know when you're there. I'm going to see where we go. Anybody still writing? Are anybody still? Maybe I need more time. It's okay if you do. I just want to know because I want to stay. Everybody stay together. All right. Now this is what I want to do next. I want to pray over it. We pray over what we're feeling. I want to ask God to open up our minds to whatever it is he wants to say to us. How many want to hear what God wants to speak to you? Okay? So that's what we're going to do. If you want to hear, then let's ask him. So we're going to take a moment. It doesn't have to be long. But I want you to take right now, just close your eyes right where you are. I want you to contemplate what you just wrote, what you're feeling. And I want you to just take and give that to the Lord. And I'm going to pray and, and, and uh, uh, that the Lord speaks to us. What it is he would speak to us about that, those things. Are you willing to hear? Everybody willing to hear? Father, we bless you. So we just take a moment right now and we come into your presence. We come before your throne. And Father, we lift before you these things that we're feeling. And we lay them at your feet. And Father, we ask you that by the light and the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of the true Lord Jesus, our Messiah, you would speak to us. What is it that's on your heart? What would you tell us? What would you reveal to us? About these things we're feeling, about these things that we're healing, hearing, hmm, maybe things we need healing. Lord, speak now by the light and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want you to do is literally write down whatever thoughts are filling your mind. The first thing, don't try to filter what comes to mind. Just write down the first thing that comes to your mind. And I want you to consider some things. What might be getting, what might get in the way of you hearing God's calling in your life? Is there a challenging relationship? Is there approaching deadlines? Is there something troublesome? Is there a recurring habit or sin? Is there something in your life that might get in the way? So right now, just take a moment and jot down whatever came to your mind as we were praying. Take your time as you're doing it. Don't rush, but when you're done, let me know.
I want you to, can, as you're doing this, if you can listen while you're doing it, if some, some, some may not be able to. But this is a culmination of things that we've been studying for a while. You know, we've been talking about learning how to pray, learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Learning to, to, and, and so this is just, this is more practicing that very thing. It's taking us to that next step, next level in this. Now what I want you to do is I want you to take those thoughts. Any, anything that you feel like that was a thought that might be getting in the way, I want you to take them right now, one at a time, and offer them to Jesus. Lay them at the cross. Anything you think might be getting in your way of hearing from him, I want you to just lay them at the foot of the cross. Just present them there. Lord, I take every thought captive to, the, to obedience to you. I just lay it before you. Offer it to him. As you're considering that, I'm going to read some scriptures. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Take all of those bifurcations in my heart, all those things that are pulling my attentions in other ways, and help me to bring all those to you so that I would have a united heart before you, Lord. We all said we want to hear from him. Take all those things that would be out of in the way of that and bring them all to him. Next thing I want you to do as you're praying. I want you to resolve. I want you, this is an act of your will. It's an act of your will. That you're not going to decide what your calling is until you have actually asked God and waited for him to, to tell you. You're actually willing to hear from him. You're surrendering to him. Lord, I want to hear what it is you want. And if you feel resistance to that, submit the resistance to him. Submit that resistance to him. This is an intentional surrender of your agenda to God's plans. And simply, the, the way it's done is you simply decide you're going to trust him, that he's good. You're going to trust he's good. And you're just going to trust him. And ask yourself the question as you're doing this. Are you, are you willing to wait to hear from God before you decide to obey him? Or are you willing just to surrender to him first? Are you going to say, Lord, I'll decide whether I obey once I know what you've called me to? Or are you willing to say, Lord, it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I surrender to you. When you've taken a few minutes to do these things, you're ready to move on, just kind of look up, let me know. Take your time, don't rush, but let me know when you're ready to go forward.
let me know if you need more time. Anybody need more time? We're ready to move forward? All right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is worship. Calling comes out of worship. And so this is, this is where we start. We start with Jesus. We start with worship. What is worship? It's offering ourselves to God. We say yes to God before he speaks to us. This is in Exodus. Um, God brought them out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea, and they've come to Mount Sinai. God hasn't yet given them the covenant. hasn't told them what the blessings and the curses and the stipulation, all that. Before any of that. This is what this is what the text says. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. And so the Lord's instructing Moses to tell this to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. The Lord had not yet given them the commandment. The Lord had not yet told them. All the Lord's saying is, I have called you. I have bought and paid for you. It is my blood that brought you out, the Passover lamb. I have demonstrated who I am. I have made you my people. I am calling you now. Are you going to make me your God? Are you going to enter into covenant? That happens first. It's not after we get to read the whole contract and then make a decision on it. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, and the people that the people may hear when I speak with you, and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, let's look at this video on worship. So, where do we start? How do we start this journey uh, in discerning our calling? We have to start, I think, with Romans 12. In view of God's mercy, we ought to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. We have to remember again that my life has been ransomed, purchased. It's His life now. I belong to Him willingly. I'm a bond slave, joyfully, because He has loved me and saved me. And we have to remember that first. This is our act of service, our, our reasonable worship, is to, to offer ourselves to Him. And really to remember that our seminal calling is to God, to Jesus. You know, that before we begin anything else, before we sort of look for the specifics of where to go, we know that actually we're called, at least in the New Testament, you're called to Jesus. And then a part of that encounter, that relationship with Jesus, is that he sends you. And so maybe we should call this the sending lab, but I think what we're looking for is a sense of vocation, which we'll talk more about later. But 
this is this is we we must begin by remembering that we are called to Jesus and that he then will send us deploy us assign us to some great need in the world and yes being in that intimate obedient relationship with him is the most fulfilling thing that a human being can do it will make us whole but a lot of what we are called to do we already know and so we can begin in a way with some encouragement that it's not just a blank slate here that we're starting with uh, we know that we're called to make disciples we know that we're called to love the poor we know that we're called to love our neighbor we know that we're called uh, to live uh, with compassion and concern for those around us we, we have a lot of information about the kind of life we ought to lead uh, but it's the specifics where we get lost and that we are going to work on after we've remembered that our lives are his. And so maybe the best way to start this whole process is to take a minute or a few and to offer ourselves to God, to present ourselves in worship and say, Lord, I'm yours. I, I, whatever you want me to do, whatever you say to do, That's our starting point. Let's look at um, that verse in Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. You know, we've heard this verse. That if you if you've been a believer for more than 30 seconds, you've heard this verse a dozen times. But I don't want us to stop for a second and listen to what Paul's saying. It was the mercy of God that led the Israelites out of Egypt, and they saw what they saw. We've experienced that same mercy by the mercies of God, the mercy of a pure, holy God who loves you and has called you and pulled you out of that. I'm appealing to you. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. What's that look like? It's holy. That means it's set apart. It's acceptable. It's kosher. That's worship. That's worship. Some some texts say that's your reasonable service. And it says it says this. It says therefore, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. Renew your mind in this. And, and that's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process. And, and when you do it, what you will do is you will learn how to test and discern the will of God. What's good? What's kosher? What's perfect? What's mature? What's complete? It starts in that worship, in that sacrifice, in that offering by his mercy. Paul, uh, Peter writes it this way. He says, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold. He ransomed you. We were captives. Think of, I mean, we've all seen the movies. We heard the stories, and it happens in real life. Somebody who's captured, someone else comes along and takes their substance and pays for this person's release. We were ransomed. But not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. Something pure, something innocent. There's there's two things in uh, I was just actually studying on this. There's two things um, that two areas of things that happens. He takes that which is impure, 
and makes it pure. And he takes that which is broken or, or separated from its purpose and restores it to its purpose. Two separate things that happen through the cross. Offer yourself joyfully in worship. Calling is ultimately to Jesus, and then he sends you. A fulfillment, being in Jesus, obeying him. That's where fulfillment ultimately comes from. So the, the fact is, we are, there's a whole lot of things about calling we already know. We already know these, right? We know we're called to make disciples. We know we're called to care for the poor. We know we're called to love our neighbor. We know we're called to live with compassion, to be concerned about others. So here's the thing. If you're reading any of that and you know it mentally but don't actually know that it's calling, that's a place to begin. God, why am I resistant to that? Why am I not offering myself to it's, it, it, I'm, I'm going to be careful here. It's not that we're called to do everything for everybody. But the point is, is when you see resistance to something in the Word of God, that's a point to stop and go, why am I resisting that? Why am I not willing to lay that down to Him? Why am I not willing for that to potentially be in my life? What's keeping me from that? Because it's His mercy that offers us this. So we'll get specifics. The specifics will come, but they'll come as we offer ourselves. We don't hear the specifics and then go, well, you know, that's not my calling, God. I've done that. God laughed and said, yes, it is. There you go. I've actually done that. Thank you, Lord, for that person. That is not my calling. No. He just was laughing the whole time. Yeah. So all the people together said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And then he spoke. So what's our response? Um, we'll do a little bit of this tonight, but this is something you need to do on your own. This is homework here. But we're going to do some of this tonight as well. Spend some time in God's Word. And just conclude that time with worship. Conclude that time with prayer. We're going to take a few minutes to worship right now. But, um, but this is a process. This isn't just we're doing it now and then we're walking away. It's not a formula. It's a life that's surrendered. And this is what we want to consider right now. Let's spend this time in these few moments now but as well. All right. I want us to hear this fresh. So do whatever you need to do. You can read along with it or you can just close your eyes and listen. I want you to just bring your heart before God as you listen to this word and meditate on these words as you're hearing them. And let your heart just worship him in this. I want you to hear this fresh. Something you've heard before, but I want you to hear it fresh. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's God's gift. It's not a result of works. No one of us can boast We're his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. From the creation of the world. Before he created the sun, the moon, the stars, anything. He created you for this time, for this place, for this generation. 
with good works, to walk in them. Just meditate on him. He is the origin. There's no fear in him. There's no fear in him. There's no doubt in him. I want you to just meditate on a minute. We're going to have a little bit of conversation about it. But just meditate on a minute. And when you... When you're ready to move forward, just kind of raise your hand. Let me see. Anybody need more time? Okay, so here's my question. First couple of questions. What what do you what do you notice about this in your meditation on this? What do you notice? What just a, a phrase or two, sentence, feeling? What's first impression hits you in that in those verses? Divine appointments. Wow, that's good. That this was planned ahead of time? There you go. As you're telling students God has plans, now God's telling you, yeah, you too. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, it's about him. That's good. Any other first impressions? Any feelings? Surrender. What do you notice concerning the connections between these three things? Creation, salvation, and calling. Hmm. Think about that for a minute. Creation, salvation, and calling. What's the connection there? It's there. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Created for good works, prepared in Christ Jesus before the world began, that you should walk in them. He created us. He saved us. He's the connection. We're here to do his bid. What were you going to say? Same thing? Yeah. Wow. It's that connection to him that makes what we do good. Without that connection, what appears to be good actually isn't. That's good. Is that what you were, is that a good summary? Yeah. Yeah, we're responding to him. That's good. 
I would think it more like a parent and a child. You know, he's leading. Yeah, because it, we still have to, we still have to choose to do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Anybody else? You know what hits me about it? This connection, creation, salvation, calling. We were created for that purpose. We blew it. He saved us anyway so that we could still keep it. We were created for his purpose. We blew it. But he saved us anyway so that we could accomplish it. That's cool. That's actually hope. Because I promise you, none of us are going to hear that calling and get it perfect. We're going to need more of that grace. Hmm. What does this verse say about works? This is almost a trap. <laughs> yeah. Our works don't save us, but if we're saved, we'll be doing works. <laughs> yeah, you work it out. That's right. You demonstrate it. There's, are works good or bad? <laughs> if we're using them to try to earn, but if we're demonstrating God's goodness, we can't demonstrate God's goodness without them. Hmm. That's good. So we're demonstrating what it means to walk in them. Um, what is this verse calling you to change or do differently in your life? You don't have to share this out loud, but I do want you to take a moment and consider it. What does it mean to be his workmanship? Someone wants to share your will, and, you know, you can share, but I know these are intimate things. There may be some... What's he, what's he want you to change? You're hearing this. We're considering this. What's he want to do differently? What's being challenged in you right now? A 
Obedience. Good. Not being stubborn. Lethargy. Wow. Is it more from not caring or being overwhelmed or too busy? Fatigue? Get weary from the world. Distracted. Wow, which comes first. <laughs> yeah, for those listening in, the, the conversation went this way. It's like, okay, spiritual lethargy but if, uh, and, and distraction, which comes first? Am I distracted because of lethargy or do I have lethargy because I'm distracted? Good. All right, so let's, let's just take a moment and pray. I want us right now. Just bring yourself back into the presence of God. Whatever is those things that uh, you were being challenged with, whatever those things you feel like the Lord wants to change, I want you to see yourself before Jesus, and I want you to offer it, bring it right to his feet. Through Lord Jesus, by the light and the power of the Holy Spirit, move in this place this evening. I thank you for each soul that you created, you thought about beforehand, that you prepared that you have called by your grace, that you have implanted the seed of faith. And Father, those things that, that, are, that are distractions, those things that are challenges, those things that are in our way, right now we offer them to you. We lay them at your feet. We ask you for your grace and your mercy to empower us and strengthen us. We willfully choose you. And Father, I pray that if there's something you would speak about them, that you would give us the courage to strengthen your will right now to hear your word. Speak now by the light and the power of the Holy Spirit. There's something we're holding on to that's in the way. There's something we're believing that we should that's false, untrue, a lie. Is there a truth that you would have that you would speak to us? Is there something we need to confess? Speak now by the light and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us receive that grace and that mercy that you want to wash us in right now. As you're praying, if something comes to mind, you need to jot it down. You need to put, you know, put it in your note, please. Make a note of it. And receive what it is Jesus wants to give you. Receive his grace in this moment, his love. Take your time. Take the time you need. When you're ready to move forward, let me know so I can can see.
anyone need more time? Okay, take your time. We ready for forward? All right. So we begun just realizing that we are called. We begun, we, we've taken it to the fact that that calling comes because we're from this place of worship, place of surrender, place of sacrifice. So from that perspective, now let's move in what we're going to call triangulating your calling. What does that mean? We're going to get into some of the uh, ways of beginning to hear our way through this. We, but at any point in time, if we get lost in the weeds of this be beginning to triangulate, drop back to the worship. Drop back to that place. Remember, it's Jesus. And, and bring that forward into this. Amen? All right. So what is triangulating? It's, it's the process we're going to use uh, to consider uh, God's calling in our lives. Um, whenever you study anything, if you want to know something, you, you have to know it from its various different viewpoints, right? Um, the way the brain actually works, if it wants to learn a subject, the right side and the left side uh, approach a subject differently. The left side of the brain will approach a subject from the detail to the big picture. One plus one equals two. Let's take the rest of the detail. One plus one, big picture two. The right side of the brain, on the other hand, will approach it from the big picture to the detail. I have four. Huh, I can break four into two groups of two. Okay? Um, and then I can break those two groups of two into two groups of one. So, you know, I can, so it'll take it. Now, when you want to know something, to learn something, you need both. If you... Focus on one. Now, some of us are going to have more tendencies to go one way or the other. But if you focus on one without the other, you actually won't retain it. Um, it's why cramming doesn't work. Because all cramming is is detail to big picture. You don't really, you're not really paying attention to big picture. You're big picture, you're learning a bunch of details. And then uh, because you don't have a framework for them, your brain actually cuts them off. There's an actual chemical that washes your brain, cuts them off, says we don't, that doesn't fit, and you lose it. That's why you don't remember what you, what you cram. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at various viewpoints. This is why, you know, we would, last week we had some conversation about the different tests. The tests in them of themselves don't tell you your calling. What we're doing is we're going to look at a big picture. And we say, hey, there's a little piece here, there's a little piece here, there's a little piece here. And we're going to put it all in this framing of worship. We're going to put it all in this framing of listening to God. And we're going to allow all these pieces somehow to give us a picture as we go through this process. Does this make sense? Everybody following that? It will make more sense as I go through it. Right now, I'm giving you the big picture. We'll be getting details as we go. So we're going to try to discover uh, what the creator's purpose is in design. 
design means there's purpose. If it's designed, you had to have a purpose in order to design it. Otherwise, it wasn't designed. Now, you know, being in constructions, I've seen a lot of bad design. You know, but anyway, God's perfect. You are designed. Read Psalm 139. You're designed. And so, therefore, there's purpose. And so we're going to look at these things. How do we look at aspects of that design to see what some of that purpose might be? Does that make sense? All right. So we need to examine ourselves from various viewpoints. We need to discover this purpose, why God designed us. So let's take a look at this video. In the beginning of this uh discovery process for us because so much of what we do in the underground is dependent on people knowing where they're supposed to be what God has called them to do I mean kind of if you don't know that it's hard to really engage in the underground because we're a collection of missional communities of people that feel called to a specific place specific demographic and so not knowing that it can be troubling difficult and so what we used to do is we used to take uh, retreats and we would at these retreats we would encourage people and that, of course, is still a major component, major piece of how we do this, is listening prayer. But we discovered that there's more going on than that. There's more, more input, more um, data to be collected that need to confirm what we hear in listening prayer. Um, it's like I have, my, I have a magic eight ball. Let's just take this object as an example. If you wanted to know what this is for, what it was created to do, what purpose it serves in the world, you probably would have to do more than just look at it. Because to me, at least, it's, it's oversized, but to me it looks like a pool ball. And that's, I guess, the idea. It's what it's supposed to look like. But that isn't what it is, and it isn't what it's for. Uh, it's a game, right? You shake it or whatever, and then on the bottom there's glass and a little triangle inside it and there's some fluid or something and but if you wanted to know what this was and what it was for that is what the designer intended it to do what its creator meant for it to accomplish you'd have to look at it from various vantage points you'd have to turn it over you'd have to work with it I mean if you really wanted to know you might take it apart uh, you, you might do some sort of tests on it I, I don't know but the point is you would need more than just a singular vantage point to understand it and I think that's what we begin to discover that that people need to look at their lives and their the design intention of God for them from these various vantage points so what we've discerned over the years is that there are there are six components to this that's why we've we've created this triangle or a series of triangles and I like that because it's a, it's a, it's a, what is that sort of a nautical uh, term of tri- triangulating. If I can get this this vector, this vector, this vector, maybe I can hone in on find the the answer, to discover uh, where this is or what the, the the thing I'm looking for is. So I think for us, um, we even with that we realize there's two aspects to that. One is sort of an objective state, and the other is a subjective sense. And there are parts of who you are, who I am, which is 
kind of objectively observable. So that's the outside of the triangle. So if you look at that triangle, you'll see that there is these outer components. That we'll call objective state. Uh, that involves your vocation. That is, we use Ephesians 4 as a, as a, as a type for that, as a, a categories for that. That there are these five callings, five offices, five gifts that God has given to his church and we'll talk more about those but that is one thing you know am I, am I primarily called to be apostolic to be a prophet am I am I called to be a teacher or to be a shepherd or to be an evangelist those are big big rubrics big categories and that's part of answering what my calling is but not all of it on the other side of the triangle in an objective sense is your personality so the way that you say you might be apostolic, I might be apostolic, but you're an extrovert, I'm an introvert. And so our personality inventory plays into uh, even our vocation uh, and understanding myself, how I will go about doing that. Vastly different. Even in Scripture, you have, even in the New Testament, even among the Twelve, you have very different kinds of apostles. Paul was one kind of apostle. Peter was a very different kind of apostle. And John was it like a third version? And that had to do, I think, with their personality. Uh, and so that's an objective component. And the final piece of the triangle there on the outside, the objective state, is what we call opportunity analysis. That is, there's look, there are some things that you can do that are physically available to you and some things that aren't. And we ought to take some time to look at what is available to you. What are your opportunities? Uh, and so that's a part of the objective reality. Now the inner stuff, the inner circles, are maybe things were a little more uh, subjective. They're, they involve things that really can't be totally codified. Uh, listening prayer is an example. You, you, you try to hear God and you, by faith, walk away thinking, maybe I think God is saying this to me. And that's a very important part of this. Uh, you're sort of emotional reaction, we'll talk more about that, to various kinds of ministry. That's an important component. And then uh, the people in your life, what we call counselor input, people that, that you trust, that are unbiased, that care about you. And they say, yeah, you'd be great at this, or don't do that. It's not, that's not you. Don't, you, know, you need that input. Now, they're not God. They can't be the final say in what we are called or not called to do. But we ought to consider those trusted voices. All six of those components, when taken together, both the objective stuff and the subjective stuff, I think will converge on an answer to the question, what am I called to do? Okay. So... Um So this concept of triangulation, um, uh, I've been working in construction for a long time. One of the things that you used to do, um, design and build custom homes. And uh, one of the ways that we would actually lay out a foundation, um, and we'd have some pretty complex foundations with lots of turns in these big custom homes and lots of different uh, corners and different places. However, if I could get two points that I know the exact distance between those two points and I knew they were at a right angle I could literally triangulate every single point in that foundation 
I could literally pinpoint on the dot perfectly, and it would be perfectly square. That entire foundation from those two points. I had those two points. I laid out this one over here, this one over here, and now I've got this one because I can create a triangle and I can do the math. And 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 but I needed those different viewpoints in order to get there. If I didn't have that, I mean, you could use other instruments, other tools to do this. There's, you know, there's a lot of sophisticated electronics we use today and satellites and all this other stuff. But we, have, we didn't use any of that. All we, we needed to have those first original two points. Once they were laid out, man, we could lay the whole thing out with, with tape measures and, um, uh, and levels and be dead on exact. Okay? Why? From having those different viewpoints. So this is the point of this process is to begin to examine some things, maybe in some ways we haven't examined before, maybe ways that we have, maybe in some fresh ways, but it's realizing you are created uniquely in God and have a purpose. So um, what was the first thing he said? Knowing this, calling is basic to being Christian. Calling is basic to being Christian. Unfortunately, uh, too much of Christianity in our culture is consumption rather than action. Too much is what can my church do for me rather than what is Jesus called for me to do as a part of the church. And, you know, we, we pick churches and places and all that based on all the things it can do for me rather than what is it that God's put in me to function with others he's called me to be with to accomplish what he wants me to do in the world. Um, now, I, like the, I love the example he uses with the, you know, with the eight ball. Why? Because on the surface it looks like something it isn't. Right? <laughs> you know, if you didn't know any better and you look at it from one vantage point, you're thinking, that's, well, that's an eight ball, right? It goes on a pool table, and that's what it's for. It's just, the, you know, you play eight ball. Anybody who's played eight ball before, you know, you sinked it before the, before the end, you lose. Right? And if you took that ball, that eight ball that he had, and did that, you would break it and crush it and wouldn't be using it for its purpose. You need more than what it appears to be in order to discern what its purpose is. You have to look from multiple vantage points. So um, uh, what do we have? It has a creator. It's got multiple various vantage points. Well, guess what? We have a creator who gives us purpose. So we're going to look at our lives in, 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 in this process we're doing here from six vantage points. Now, there's two aspects to these vantage points. Three of them are objective. Objective meaning these are tests we can take, and um, there's not a whole lot of um, there's not a lot of opinion in it because uh, I'll say opinion. How do I say? It? It, we can test and see. We can test and see, and it's going to be pretty much who we are, how we're wired. It's hardwiring. There's a better way of putting it. It's hardwiring, or it could also be hard circumstances. It could be these are the circumstances, and these are the opportunities. You know, I, I may really desire to do this, and there's literally no opportunity in my life to do that. Well, that really probably isn't what God called you to in the moment. Okay, so there's these things that are objective that we're going to look at, but there's also this, these things that are subjective, um, these things that are much more internal, and they're going to take a, a discerning ear, which is why you start with worship, why you start learning how to listen. All these things that we've been doing the last several weeks, learning how to hear from the Holy Spirit, discern His voice, and walk in this, 
and 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 having other people in your life. I like um, like what he said. You know, part of it is that you'll have someone else in your life, and you. I feel like God's called me to this, and if these are trusted people in your life, they look at you and go, no. Right? Or or uh, let's pray a little harder first. You know. Um, you know, but uh, but. Having those things that are subjective as well as objective. So here's the picture of it. Can everybody see that? Okay. So the outer triangle is what? That's personality. That's vocation. That's narrative. You know, your your opportunities, where you are in your life, your narrative, your vocation, um, skills, talents, and abilities that you have, um, your personality, hardwiring, how God's wired you. These types of things are outward. They're the more objective types of things. Then we have the inward types of things, um, emotions. Um, now, what the emotions are about is there are things that we don't even realize that drive us that we can actually begin to recognize because God has a purpose in those things for our lives. And how do we discover what that is? Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into that. But I, that's, to me, when I, when I really, when I started looking at this material and was considering going through it, that's one of the unique things I haven't seen other places. That's one of the things I liked about this that I hadn't seen. And I thought, that's really, really good because it's, it, it's extremely helpful in narrowing us down. Um, why? Um, because ultimately what it will discern for us, it will discern what we value. It'll discern what we value, and guess what? We make decisions and carry out actions based on what we value. So when you begin to discover what it is that God's put in you, and you have that sense of value, people don't do things for reason. They do things based on value. All right. Then uh, and we've got prayer. We've got counselor, you know, other people in our lives. These other, these are more internal. All right. So, um, again, just... Uh, just talking this through. Oops. Um, the outer triangle is the objective state of our person, uh, which shows us more concrete indicators of our lives. These are things that aren't going to change because it's how God's wired you. Um, your vocational assessment. That's discovering the, God, the role that God designed you to fulfill. Um, so, uh, hang on, let me see if I have that in here. No, I don't, so I'm going to go ahead and describe it now. Um, uh, so in the scriptures, they, the test that they use, which I, I like the test. Um, I, for, I forget. We'll, we'll look better. I forget what the letters are for it. But it uses the the, uh, the fourfold um, gifts that are in Ephesians 4, 11. Um, uh, anybody know what they are? Or fivefold? Some call four, some call five. Do what? Yes, go ahead. Yep, first one's apostle, right. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Um, now, it's not saying you're necessarily called to be an apostle or a prophet or evangelist. All of us have a proclivity in how we're wired, and those gifts have tendencies to think and act in certain ways. And it's really good to know um, um, how you naturally are wired um, in, in how you think and act towards things. And so... Why? Because two people could be called to the same thing, but they are going to approach how they think and act toward that, how they are wired. It's important to know how you're wired. important to know how the other person's wired. Um, 
Because you may be called to a ministry and you assume your role in that ministry is this because that's what it looks like, but your role may be this because that ministry needs this as much as it needs this. Do you follow that? And when you can understand some of these things about yourself that you may have never really discovered before, it's helpful. So that's vocational assessment. Personality inventory is um, just just that discovering how again it's a hardwiring level personality for the most part doesn't change in our lives there's a few different tests i'm gonna there's one that they use that i like there's one they use i don't like i'm gonna recommend a different one um and we'll get there in a minute um uh, uh narrative analysis and i use that the personality inventory a lot in uh pastoral counseling and especially in marriage counseling um, and, and family counseling, there is so much we have discovered in interacting with one another and interacting with our children because we know how they're hardwired. We know how they're hardwired and understanding ourselves. Um, and there are, there, let me give you a perfect for instance. Um, if you are hardwired to be a person who's go with the flow and you're not a, you're not a planner, there's nothing broken about you. But you could be told your whole life you're not, you're just you're just procrastinating. What's wrong with you? You see, when you know that's how God wired you, and there's a good reason for that, all of a sudden it frees you to be who God's called you to be, instead of being caught up and bound by someone else's expectations of how you're supposed to be. That's what these things can do and help you with. Does that make sense? All right. Um, the inner triangle. The subjective sense of our person which serves us to clarify more abstract clues of our lives, okay? So these are going to be those things that are going to need discernment. They're going to take time um, that, that, that we're hearing and discerning the voice of God. Um, uh, the first one is the emotional evaluation. Am I there? Sorry, I'm, I'm behind, aren't I? There we go. Discovering areas where we're naturally drawn to. So... Um, you ever, you ever, like, watch, okay, I can, I'm going to say this, and we're all going to, you ever watch the news and get mad, everybody gets, yeah, I get, watch the news and get mad every time, right? <laughs> but, but specifically, you'll hear certain reports, or you'll see certain things, or certain issues will come up in society, you'll hear about, um, uh, and you will just be drawn to that issue. It really ticks you off that that evil is going on in the world. Or... It may be, it's not just that evil, it may be there's, there's just chaos in that place. Because there's two kinds of evil, right? There's evil that's intentional, and there's evil that's just happened because we live in a fallen world. Tsunamis, hurricanes, you know, that's not intentional evil, but it's still destructive. And you may be drawn to these types of things, it's called third evil. You see, you've got uh, personal evil and third evil. And, and, and some, these things are going to be, in some of us, we could go, you know, that's really bad. We need to do this, something about that. Right? And we need to discover where is that part where we go, we need to do something about that. Because that's likely something God's calling us to be a part of. As opposed to the thing of, you know, that's really bad. Somebody should do something. All right? So why? Once again, because... We will act and be committed to those things we value. All right, so that's emotional evaluation. Listening prayer, discovering the words God is speaking to us. We've already begun that tonight. You've already written stuff down. You already know how to do this. 
You've already written stuff down tonight. The Holy Spirit is already speaking to you. And it's, it's walking that process out as he unfolds things. Um, and finally, um, who are those mentors and leaders in your life that you can, that, you, that, that sounding, these people that you respect and be sounding boards with these things that can pray with you and, and can help you search through these things? Um, all right. So that's the summary of it. Let's, let's respond a little bit here. Um, now, everybody, um, if you've got paper and you can write this out, uh, take a piece of paper, draw the triangle, and um, if, if not, uh, I'll go, let, me, you, let me know later. You can come up and take a picture with your phone if you want to do that. Actually, I'll go back to it, and you can take a picture right now. See if you can zoom in. You need to step up a little closer or whatever if you're going to take a picture of it. Now, is what we're doing is what you're going to do with that picture as we kind of walk through this, you can use that picture to fill in things, to take notes on. Why? Because you'll be getting the details as we go through this that you'll be filling in the big picture. And it'll help you look at it from a, from a perspective out here as you're looking at all the puzzle pieces. So let me know when you got it. If you go to the website, you'll get, you can get it there. And so we all need to go to the website and sign up, and I'll bring that up one more time. All right. Let me get up to where we were. So here's um, our final kind of question for the night. Um, for, for discussion. Why is calling important to you? You take and think about it for a minute. You could jot a note on it. But those that are willing to talk about it, I'd love to have some conversation. Why is it important to you? Wow, that's really good. Everybody hear that? That's fantastic. For those listening in, it, it, it reduces guilt. Why? When you know what you're to be about, you're not comparing yourself to somebody else. But when you don't know and you're looking at your life compared to somebody else, you can be guilty. Well, I'm not doing that or I'm not doing this. But if you know, you've spent the time. You've listened. You're walking in what God's calling you to do. It's like, bless the person that's doing that. Bless you in that. This is what God has spoken to me in this season. That's really good. What else? right there's peace there is peace that uh, the peace that passes understanding you know when you know you're in that center of where god's called you to be my head a hand up lucy purpose yeah yeah we we were designed for a purpose 
So we're actually fulfilling our design. So yeah, there is there is a fulfillment, that, and we know some we know something about that purpose. What is it? It's a, we're a part of something, but you can be a part of, you know, you can be a part of the Lions Club. The Lions Club, I was just, I'm, nothing wrong with the Lions Club for any, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, you can be a part of a club, right, you know? Yeah, yeah, so I'm not, not putting you down the Lions Club, I'm not saying that, it just, I meant, but, but what do we know about that purpose? Where did it come from? So, how long does that purpose last? It's an eternal purpose. We're about something that actually has uh, value to it beyond simply giving us some sense of satisfaction and meaning for our own psychological benefit. We're doing something that is, um, you know, is, I love what Paul said. Uh, I believe it's Paul. said it incidentally. Um, it's incidental. He said about David in the book of Acts. He said, and David accomplished the purpose of God in his generation and slept. It's like, would that somebody would say that about us? David accomplished the purpose of his a purpose of God in his generation and slept. It's like, wow. That's it. My life, my life counts. It's good. It's good. Good, encouraging and empowering. Yeah. An inheritance that is uh, imperishable, undefilable, kept in heaven for you. There's a third one there as well. First Peter. That's good. Yeah. That legacy. That's that spiritual legacy. Gold, silver, and precious stones, rather than wood, hay, and stubble. Yeah. How about this one? What happens when it gets hard? Yeah. When it gets hard, not if. Yeah, see, when it gets hard, it's like, okay, I can push through because I know this is my purpose. I know this is calling. I know this is what God called me to. You know, get in the middle of it and go, uh, now, the likely thing is, did you really call me to this? <laughs> but uh, I've been in a place where, where God confirmed something that I was to do, and he confirmed it, and he confirmed it, and he confirmed it. I literally was feeling guilty with how much God confirmed it. I really was. I was like, I'm, Lord, I, I felt like you don't think I'm obeying. I'm doing this. I am. I'm doing it. Look, see? Never turn down extra confirmation when God wants to give it to you. <laughs> Never turn. In fact, write it down. Because later, I was like, did you really? Okay, yeah, you did call me. Did you really? Yeah, you did call me. Did you? Yeah, you did call me to this. Now, I needed that, not then. I needed it later. 
the this other thing Colin does. When you're going through trials, you're going through trials with purpose. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that whole point of just being willing to open to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're at that time. I need to close out. A couple of things for next week that are super important. Um, go to the website and sign up. Why? Because the tests are there. Um, so uh, what was the website? Um, anybody write it down? Callinglab.com. Tampa Underground, I think. Um, I just I just do this. Let's see if it gets me back there. Sally, since you're there, can you click on like the first slide? Just click on it, and I'll and I'll click from there. Okay, hang on. Here it is, right. Uh, Right there. There it is. It's www.tampaunderground.com. Tampaunderground.com forward slash calling lab hashtag calling. Calling lab hashtag calling. Yeah, take a picture of it if you need it, whatever. But go to it and sign up. Why? And, uh, because that's where... The tests are all available there. You can go straight to it and take the tests. They're they're available, um, no charge. You know, a lot of what we're talking about. The videos you want to rewatch the videos. They're all there. Um, get them back in. So, all right. Um, now Sally, can you click me back to the last the last uh, one because I need to go over a couple of things. All right. Um, thank you. So a uh, couple of things. There is, um, there's a personality inventory. Now, when you take the personality inventory, they have three of them. They have the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, and the Clifton Strengths. Um, they're great. You can do them. The Myers-Briggs, I like. I'm not a fan of Enneagram um, for multiple reasons. Um, if you want to do it, you can do it. I recommend uh, substitute the Big Five Aspects uh, scale or Ocean. That's what I recommend. You take a picture of this. You can find it online for free. The, um, the one that you get that Jordan Peterson does is world class. It's amazing. It might cost a few bucks to do it. If you can swing it, I highly recommend going to his side, the Big Five Aspects Scale um, or Ocean. And so you, you get that through um, uh, Jordan Peterson's website. There's, he's, he's with some other psychologists. They put it together. Yes.
The one at the bottom is the one I recommend along with Myers-Briggs. Those are the two I recommend. I said that the, 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 on the website, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, and Clifton Strengths are available. Um, I'm, uh, I've done Clifton Strengths. I'm not you know, a super fan of it. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't like Enneagram. Um, but that's personal, and I don't, we don't really need to discuss why. If you want to do them, I'm not telling you not to do them. You can do them. They're helpful. But the two that I recommend the most that I use in pastoral counseling are Myers-Briggs and Ocean. Um, I use those all, all the time. I'm saying you can find free versions on it on the Internet. There are free versions of Ocean on the Internet, um, the five-aspect scale. The best one out there costs a little bit of money, and that's the one you get through Jordan Peterson. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure it's called the big five-aspect scale. Um, uh, I don't remember. And, yeah, if you do, and I'm not saying you, have to, you don't have to spend the money on it, all right? I'm just saying it's really good. Um, it's written by professional psychologists who know what they're doing, and uh, and it and it gives you more of a continuum. It helps narrow some things down at a more granular level um, than than you'll get with some of the free free tests. So, uh, all right. That that said, the other thing I want to mention is the a, the APEST test. That's the one Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, um, Shepherd, or Teacher test and an opportunity analysis. Those are all on the website. So you can get those right off the website. Um, and those are things that we're going to need for next week. So please do that this week so we can have some of these things to be able to discuss next week. Um, it's only a couple. They're, they're not difficult. They don't take long. They just take a few minutes uh, to do. But I'm, I'm encouraging you to please sign up. It's free. Um, and take those few tests uh, so that we have them. If you've done them before and you already know, that's fine. You can bring them in some, uh, and just do the ones you haven't done before. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm just asking because, as you see, we did tonight. This is interactive. We're going to spend time praying. We're going to spend time listening. And so it's important for you to do these things in order to be able to, to have conversation, discuss, to pray on, to think on. All right. Um, I'm going to close in prayer. We'll have a, a few minutes for questions in here. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll turn off after I pray, and we'll have just a couple of minutes for questions, and then we'll dismiss. So, Father, we bless you. We submit and surrender this evening to you. I thank you for each one who's here who is hungering and thirsting for you, who recognizes your mercies in our lives, and who desires to be a part of your kingdom, to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. I pray as we walk through this process, you would bring uh, understanding, you would bring discernment, you would open eyes, that, that you would make connections, and that ultimately we would make a difference in the kingdom of God for you. Lord, we, as, we, as we opened, we close. We close with worship. We close with a moment of just surrendering our hearts, surrendering our lives to you, surrendering to you in this. And lifting one another up to be encouraged through this. In Jesus' name. Amen.
If you're listening in and you've got questions on any of this, send them in to me. Uh, I'll, I'll be more than happy to help you with it. You can shoot me an email with it, and we'll, we'll walk through it. Uh, you're more than willing. I'm hoping you participate as well at home, just as we're doing here. So, But thank you, and good night. And so, Sally, when we're turned off, let me know so we can...